So for today, we have a new guest. I'm really excited to introduce her to you. Her name is Brianna. She is fun and spunky and creative, but she's also very smart, which I think is the best part. So please give a warm Woodland Hills welcome to Brianna Millett. Thank you. Hello, hello, my friends. I have to say, third service, you guys are saucy. Like, I, I, I usually come to this service, um, but this is the first time that I got to see the progression, right? There's Saturday night, there's early Sunday morning, but then there's you guys. <laughs> You're a whole breed of crazy. <laughs> we are going to have fun today, and we are going to oh, spend lots of time in the Word today. And I am very, very, very excited to be here, so thank you. This is my church home. I am a family member of Woodland Hills, and I am thrilled to be hanging out with my family and to be sharing just a word that I believe that the Holy Spirit put on my heart, and that we're going to cover a lot of ground, so I thought if it was okay with you, we'll just dig right in. Are you cool with that? Let me, let me preface something, too. I love feedback. At uh, the first two services, it was kind of like pulling teeth, but hey, we welcome the amens, we welcome the hallelujahs, we welcome the clapping, so please talk back to me. Look at this. You're already saucy. I love it. All right, let's get started. Today, we are going to be addressing the question, who am I? And this question, if someone were to ask you, who am I, you would naturally respond with your name, right? So that, my friends, is our focus this morning. We're going to be talking about name and the significance of name. Primarily the significance of the names that God gives to us. We're going to be looking, too, at the dichotomy, if you will, of the names that we give ourselves and then the names that God gives to us. We're going to be going back and forth. You see, I believe, when I read through Scripture, that somewhere a long time ago, God named us. From the very beginning, God blessed us with a name. And so this, my friends, is what I want us to focus on, is the significance of the blessing that was given to us from the very beginning of our name. And now I thought, kind of a funky way to bring this into full living color was to expose all to you. I would love, if you guys are okay with it, to utilize my little prop box here and share with you maybe the few names that I have given myself over the years. Can we do some props? Are you guys ready for some props? All right, here we go. The first name that your family member Brianna gave to herself, we're throwing it way back to my freshman year of high school. Prop number one, ladies and gentlemen, Brianna's first name. Bam, like a boss. Do you know what this is? Letter jacket. (laughs) That's right. And not just any letter jacket, but my track and field letter jacket. As a freshman, that was my first name. My name's Brianna, and I'm a gnarly runner, and I'm going to show it off with my letterman's jacket. My first name, this was my identity, right? This is where I found value, was in being a runner. Now, if any of you know much about letterman's jackets you'll know that if you're a legit athlete, you have bars (laughs) that symbolize how many times you've lettered. So you might be saying, Brianna, if you're such a gnarly runner, why are there no bars? Well, my friends, because by the time I could letter again, I was on to identity number two. So what is the second name I gave to myself? 
I didn't really know how to dress up for this one, but I think it kind of works. I'm a poet. Because <laughs> we go from jock to artist. I made the mistake of watching Dead Poets Society my sophomore year. Who's seen that movie? Oh, oh, Captain, my Captain! So this was my name. I was Brianna the Poet. I went from being a jock to doing things like this. Pain has an element of blank. It cannot recollect when it began or if there were a day when it was not. I don't, e I don't even know what that means. Dickinson, who can figure out Dickinson? I can't, but I played the name. I played the name. Now, I went to a small town high school. Northfield, anybody know of Northfield? Yeah. And in my high school, we had various wings, if you will. We had the artist wing, which I hung out in. We had the jock wing, which I hung out with, in. And so when I wanted to move on to my next name, I moved to a different wing. And in Northfield, we called that the V wing, the vocational wing. This was where people who took classes like woodworking and machining and auto mechanics hung out. I apologize if this is too brute, but we called them the rednecks. <laughs> And so, rednecks wore hats like this. Do you know what this is? Fox racing. What is fox racing? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what it is. But it's what everybody wore in the V-Wing, so I thought, that's going to be my new name. I'm going to be this really cool V-Winger, and I'm going to wear a fox racing hat. To this day, I don't know what it is. So let's move on. When you hang out with people in the V-Wing, who are most prominently farmers, you kind of get morphed into the farmer clan. So I was like, I can be a farmer. I can do that. Did I grow up on a farm? No. But I can do a farmer. And I'm not just going to do any kind of farming. I'm going to do dairy farming. So I milked cows for a lot of years. And God forbid I do anything just in a little bit. If I go to something, I'm going all out. So here comes my new name. Just wait. Just wait for it. We all like to name ourselves, don't we? What's my name? <laughs> Yeah! Where's my people? I was the dairy princess of Dakota County. <laughs> yes! You may refer to me as princess from here on out. You're, I'm, and I'm done. Thank you. No, dairy princess. I didn't grow up on a farm, but I wanted another name. So I'll rock out the dairy princess. I will represent all dairy farmers from Dakota County. But to be honest, my friends, that didn't quite fit. I liked it, but it didn't quite fit. This is who I am. This is my name. And so let's get started. Let's get started and let's look to scripture and talk about the various ways in which God gives names. Now, before we dive right in, I, I kind of forgot to tell you the title of my sermon. Would you guys like to know the title of my sermon? Yeah. Trading in our mud pies. The mud pies, my friends, of the names that we give to ourselves. We're going to trade them in, and we're going to take the names that God gives to us. Okay, so uh, throughout this whole sermon, I will be referencing mud pies, the mud pies of the names that we give to ourselves, okay? All right, so let me tell you, too, before we dive into Scripture, the way in which I structured this sermon. Okay, so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be jumping back and forth from the Old Testament to the New Testament. We're going to be looking of times when God names communities 
of people, when God gives an overarching name to large groups of people. We're going to be going through lots of those. But we're also going to be going through examples of when God names individuals. And we're going to be looking together as a community the various names that God gives to us. Does that sound all right with you? All right, let's have a quick word of prayer and we'll dive right in. Father God, thank you that you are a God who loves, who loves to give your children the gifts of the kingdom. Thank you, God, that the gifts of your kingdom are a new name, and with a new name, a blessing, and with a blessing, a new mission. Holy Spirit, would you come and draw us into the spirit of truth so that we can take on your name, so that we may be humbled to trade in the mud pies of the names that we give ourselves and take on your name for us. Pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right, here we go. First story. Let's look to, a God, to the name that God gives to us. A good place to start is in the beginning. Then God said, Let us make human in our image, after our likeness. Male and female, God created them. And God blessed them and named them human when they were created. So right from the very beginning, my friends, what do we see? We see that God blesses that which God creates. And the blessing is found in the name. So immediately we are introduced to this idea that name and blessing, they belong together. The name that God gives to us is our blessing. And our name in these Genesis texts tell us that we are in the image, in the likeness of God. That is fundamentally who we are. And when God says, I'm going to create you in my likeness, I'm going to give you a name because you are in my likeness. Name number one, name number one of God giving to God's people. But let's look at a story of when God gives a name to an individual. Still hanging out in Genesis. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. From Abram to Abraham, God says, this is how you've been living, and this is the name that you've been living in, but I'm going to change it, and I'm going to bless you with a new name. And not only am I going to bless you with a new name, but I'm going to bless you with a new mission. Because that, my friends, is the very blessing of God, is to be on mission with God. And and Abraham's mission then was to be the father of many nations. This is what we get when we take on a new name, is the blessing of a new mission. The blessing of the mission of bringing God's kingdom. I want to be named like that. Forget Dairy Princess. I can keep Princess, but (laughs) forget Dairy Princess. I want a name with a mission. God has so much more than we can possibly imagine. There's a mission to it. And maybe, maybe you're thinking to yourselves, that's great, Brianna. (laughs) Abraham was a bazillion years ago. What relevance does that have for me today? Or maybe you're thinking, that was Abraham, one of the gnarliest characters in all of Scripture. I ain't no Abraham. And to you, my friends, au contraire. Oh, contrary, because the good Lord loves to give his children the gifts of the kingdom. And God continues to name us. It wasn't just a billion years ago with Abraham. God is still saying, I want to name you. I want to give you the blessing of a new name. So let us look at another name. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us 
in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Holy and blameless. How many of you, when you think about who you are, how many of you, when you think about your names, it's holy and blameless, the first thing that comes to my mind, or that comes to your mind. I have this tendency to think, I'm not holy and blameless. I'm a wretched sinner. I make mistakes. Sometimes I do things that I shouldn't do. I'm way too dramatic for my own good. It's like there's no way I'm considered holy and blameless. But it's there. It's there. Yes. Oh, good. You're talking back. It is there. That is our new name. God says, I know you think you're this old name. But you are holy and blameless, and that is how I see you. Oh, that we would take on the names that God gives us. Are we tracking? Are you doing okay? Yeah? Let's continue. Let's look at another story when God names an individual. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. Wow. Let's look at this passage. And what do we notice when we look at this passage? I will bless her. God says that multiple times in this passage. And I'm going to bless her with a new name. From Sarai to Sarah. You've been living this way for a while, but I'm calling you to something different. I'm calling you to something bigger. I'm calling you to a different mission where, guess what? Nations are going to come from you. Holy cow. (laughs) Yeah, amen. I don't even allow myself to dream that big. But God is saying, when I name you, I do gnarly things. (laughs) Like make kings of people come from you for my glory. The blessing of a new name, the blessing of a new mission. Another story? Yeah. Let's go to another story of when God names an individual. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket And Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Yeah, I love this story. And what I love about this story is a few things. If we examine it just a little bit more closely, we notice a couple things, don't we? We notice that Jacob is wrestling with this man. I think that he's wrestling with him because Jacob knows that there's something more that can be offered to me. And I'm going to fight for that, which is something more. And I don't even know what it is, but I know there's something more. So Jacob fights with him until he says, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. That, my friends, I think is an invitation to be bold in prayer. Is it not? Yes. Are we bold in our prayers? 
I'm, I'm a Minnesotan. I am passive in my prayers. Jesus, if it's your will, please let me have a good night's sleep. What? No, no. Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you a new mission and a new name, and I want you to be bold, and I want you to ask me to receive it, and I want you to fight with me because I'm going to give it to you. Do you want it bad enough? And the blessing, I don't know if Jacob anticipated this, but the blessing he received when he asked for it was a new name. How many of us, when we think about our blessings, as you're recounting your blessings before the Lord, is your name one of those things that you praise God for? When you think of the word blessing, I think traditionally we think to uh, material goods or to health or to rest, which, yes, I think are blessings, but blessings that transform us, blessings that bring about the mission of God, that, my friend, is found in the name that God gives to us. So another part of my sermon is a little mini-sermon, and we're coming to that right now. Are you guys okay if I do a little mini-sermon within the larger sermon? All right, this little mini-sermon focuses on one of my very favorite disciples, Peter. This is a story of God giving Peter a new name, and I love, I really love Peter. I love Peter because he was crazy, because he was dramatic. And hello, look at me, I'm quite a dramatic lady, so I can relate to Peter. And he says weird things, and often at the wrong times, but he's trying. You know, he loves Jesus, and he wants to be a kingdom person for Jesus. But he's kind of impulsive, and he's just a little quirky. I love Peter. I do. All right, so let's look at the story of when Peter is blessed with a new name. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. I love Peter. Peter was 50 shades of crazy. I think oftentimes we are 50 shades of crazy, so we can relate to people like Peter. We need disciples like Peter to remind us we don't have to be perfect. We don't. Oh, the liberation of that, right? But let me tell you what I love most about Peter, if that's okay. What I love most about Peter is that he struggled to live into his new name. You see, my friends, it can often be a trying journey to say yes to the names that God gives us and no to the mud pies of the names that we give to ourselves. We live in a very loud world. We have a very loud enemy who likes to try and give us false names. And it can be a struggle to say no to those names of this world, to say no to the names that we give to ourselves, to say no to the names that the enemy tries to fight us with, and to say yes to the names of Jesus. And Peter struggles with that. I dig that about him because it's like, oh, I'm not alone. And there's a story when we see Peter struggling to live into his new name. And it's a story we all know very well, but I think think it's worth repeating. So what do we know about Peter? We know that Peter was the disciple who denied Jesus. But let's take Peter um, off the pedestal of royal screw-ups for just a second. Because I think, whether we know it or not, we deny Jesus. 
Whether we're conscious of it or not, we deny Jesus even without our knowing it. So Peter, he's not this example of like, dude, you really messed up. I'm glad I'm not you. I deny Jesus. And not just once, and not just twice, but three times, Peter denies Jesus. And we know, as the story goes, that on the third time when Peter denied Jesus, the rooster crowed, right? And upon hearing the rooster crow, Peter remembered Jesus' warning. Jesus had warned Peter before Peter denied Jesus, like, buddy, I know you love me, but you're going to deny me. Peter being super excited, no way, Lord, I'll never deny you. Impulsive, oh, so there. And Peter does it, and he remembers Jesus told me I was going to do this. And immediately he's wrought with shame, right? And he starts weeping when he recognizes that which he did. And he runs away. I can relate to that. I can relate to feeling so wrought with shame that I have denied Jesus, that I run away. Because sometimes, too, I've been co-opted into this idea, and I think maybe we all have, because we have a very large enemy out there to get us, and this very large enemy tells us, that the love of God is something more like a contract than a covenant. The lies of this world, the patterns of this world, tell us that love operates as a contract. You do this for me, I'll do that. You uphold your end of the bargain, I'll uphold mine. You love me, I love you. And Peter believed that, right? And Because upon Peter recognizing, I denied the Lord, I think that Peter thought... My name's going to be taken away. Because, because the, the way of this world is that love operates in a contract, and so surely that must be how God operates. So I'm just going to go back. I'm going to go back to my old name because I, I think maybe God's going to take away my name anyways. And so as we read that story of Peter, we see that he actually does go back to his former life as a fisherman. I think Peter was so afraid, maybe, and shame-filled that he said, I might as well just go back to my old name, to the mud pie of my old name. But is that how the story ends? No. Because God does not operate on a contract. God operates out of a covenant love. And God says, even when you mess up, even when you deny me, I'm not taking away your name. So let's keep going in this story of Peter. We know that Christ was crucified. We know that Christ resurrected. And when Christ was resurrected, the story tells us that there was a first few disciples who saw the resurrected Jesus. And upon that very first encounter, the story goes that Jesus said to those first few disciples, Go, tell the rest of my disciples, and tell Peter. And tell Peter. Why did Jesus highlight that? I think it's because Jesus knew Peter had went back to the mud pie of his old life. I think because Jesus so passionately pursues us that he says, I'm coming for you. Go tell my disciples and tell Peter. I know he went back to his old life, but I've got something more because I'm a God who operates out of a covenant love and I'm not taking away his name. And make sure and tell him that I call him by name. Make sure and tell him that I call him by name. And there's another story. We see when Jesus and Peter finally encounter one another. When they finished breakfast, Jesus said to him, Simon Peter, said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? 
He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things, and you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Now you might notice in this story that Jesus refers to Peter by his old name. Have you ever noticed that before? I don't think it's an accident because I don't think anything God does is an accident. I think it was wildly intentional. And I think it shows the kind of love that God has for God's people and the reality of the ways in which God journeys with God's people. Simon, Peter, had gone to his old name. He had gone back to his old life as a fisherman. And what did God do? God didn't come back. You know, the resurrected Jesus didn't come back and say, Peter, what are you doing over there? I demand that you come over here now. No, no, that's not how God works. God comes to where Simon Peter is at. Right? To where he's at and says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Over and over and over. And that God meets Peter where he's at in Peter's old identity and says, I'm going to come with you right here. I'm going to meet you where you're at so that I can walk with you slowly, together, back to your name as Peter. It's not an accident he refers to him as Simon. That's where he was at. That is the kind of God that we serve. God meets us where we're at. doesn't demand that we're somewhere else meets us where we're at so that we can continue the journey of embracing our new name, of embracing our new name. And I kind of also think, maybe, that Jesus repeated his inquisitions, Simon, do you love me, a few different times because Peter needed to be reminded. I don't think that it was for Jesus' sake, right, that Jesus needed to know if Simon loved him, but I think Simon needed to be reminded that, yes, I actually do love Jesus. I think Simon needed to be reminded of the blessing of his new name. And sometimes we need the Lord to ask us questions over and over to say, do you want the good gifts of my kingdom or do you want the mud pies of your old name? Because sometimes, I don't know if you guys can experience this, sometimes the mud pies actually taste kind of good. Sometimes the pattern of this world feel like, hey, this is actually bringing me satisfaction. And sometimes we can get co-opted into the idea that the source of our identity and the source of our name come from the patterns of this world. So we need a good and loving and gracious Father to remind us, do you love me? I've given you a taste of my kingdom. Let me remind you because I fight for you. And in that reminding, Peter came to the recollection Lord, you know that I love you. I do love you, and I do love this mission that you've called me on, and I want to continue living into the blessing of my new name, and I need you to help me do it. In the third time, Peter recognized he is a new creation, that God operates out of covenant love and not contractual love. And so we go back to the larger sermon, and we look at another name that God gives to us. So if anyone is in Christ, there's a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. Amen. 
We are a new creation. We are a new creation. That is our name. Oh, Peter denying the Lord wasn't too big. Peter's still a new creation. And Peter decided, I'm going to live into that. For with a new name is a blessing. And the blessing is a mission. We are on mission with God as new creations. And maybe you're thinking, Brianna, you don't know me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know my story. You don't know my past. There's no way I can be a new creation. You don't know who I am. Yes, I do. We've been looking at it this whole time. We've been going through stories of scripture, of God naming God's people. And God's people, the names that God gives us are things like new creation. I don't care about your past. I mean, I do in the sense of like your story matters. But what I care about is that God gives you a new name. That God doesn't say, I'm going to name you by your patterns. I'm going to name you by your past. No way, dudes. We are a new creation. We are holy and blameless. From Sarai to Sarah, from Abram to Abraham, holy and blameless, God's chosen ones, we are a new creation. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Right? Not only, not only are we a new creation, but we've been adopted into something much larger than ourselves. We do not exist as islands separated from one another, but we belong to a family. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Yet another name God gives to us. You are my children. You have been adopted into my family. You belong to me. (laughs) And if we are a part of God's family, what does that make us? You are my brothers. And you are my sisters. We are the family of God. We have a new name. That is crazier than I could have imagined. Maybe we come from a background of orphans. Maybe we don't have parents. Maybe we don't have siblings. And God says, I'm going to meet you there and I'm going to create all things new. And I'm going to adopt you into my family. No longer are there orphans because you belong to me. You guys are stuck with me. <laughs> As your sister, you're stuck with me. Lucky you. Lucky you. There's, a, uh, I think, an element to receiving our new names that needs to be addressed. Sometimes it can be kind of terrifying to let go of the mud pies of the names that we give ourselves and take on the new names. It can be really scary because we grow comfortable with the names that we give to ourselves. We grow intimately familiar with the names that we give to ourselves. We feel a sense of control. I'm Brianna, I'm a runner, I know who I am. Don't take that away. Because if you take it away, you're gonna take me into something that I do not know and that's kind of scary. Don't call me on a new mission because I'm not really sure what that new mission is gonna look like and I'm not really sure how that's gonna play out and therefore I'm gonna be kind of out of control. So don't call me to it. Trading in our mud pies can be kind of scary. And of this, I'm intimately familiar. Do you mind if I share with you one more story? It's a story about my own life. It's a a more authentic, kind of raw story. But we're the family of God, let's be real. (laughs) I took on a couple different names. 
aside from my prop box names. When I was in my younger 20s, I was a pretty new Christian, and I was conformed to a particular pattern of this world. I had bought into the lie that my name is found in how I look. I bought into the lie that my value comes not from who God names me to be, but from the size of my jeans. And God forbid the size of those jeans are just larger than a size, I don't know, eight? Who knows? But it's whatever the lies tell me, and I bought into it. And I started struggling with serious body image issues. And the enemy was just cultivating those lies, saying, Brianna, your value comes from the size of your jeans. Brianna, your value only comes from how good you look. Brianna, your value only comes if you look like those ladies on the magazine covers. I co-opted into this false name, and with that false name came another false name of perfectionist. It's a heavy load to carry. (laughs) The lies of the enemy. The mud pies of this world. And slowly but surely, these false names were killing me. Literally and metaphorically, if the two can coexist. I was wrought with this lie, with this mud pie of a false name. And it was so damaging, I came to the point of recognizing, like, I can't let go of this thing on my own. I can't fight anymore this lie. I need help. I need help. I need other people to come alongside of me and say, and remind me, Brianna, your name is not the size of your jeans, but your name is a new creation. I needed a community of people to help me do that. And so I sought, I sought out a community of people um, who, we were all broken, we were all struggling with different mud pies, but we came together because we all acknowledged that God is a healer. And it doesn't matter the mud pies that we have, God can heal it all and God can name us. And so this particular, uh, I'll call it a small group of people, this small group of people that I was journeying with toward healing, we met for six months every week. I hated going. I did. Because sometimes the journey to healing is not fun and it's really messy. And I remember there was this one night in particular, it was probably the hardest night of my journey in healing ever. It really was. I was so broken and I was so consumed with this false name that I had given myself that I didn't know what to do. It was weighing on me more than I could even bear. And when I was there with this community of people, I was just praying and weeping before the Lord. I was this snotty, salty mess of of tears and disgustingness, and I'm, you know, the ugly type crying too. Lord, Lord, I need to hear from you. I need you to take off this name that's not fitting me because it's killing me. Begging and begging and begging, I heard, or I asked the Lord, speak. I asked the Lord, heal me of this mud pie because I can't let it go by myself. I heard the Lord speak that night. And do you want to know what I heard him say? He said my name. He said, Brianna, your name is Brianna, and you are my strong bride. (laughs) Our snotty tear stained, I look up and I was like, did anybody else hear that? I heard it. Nobody did, but I heard it. I heard God say, I know you're naming yourself by the size of your jeans, but I say, you are Brianna and you are my strong bride. Amen. I have a new name. 
But like Peter, I struggled to live into that. It's not something that usually happens automatically. I still had a journey of healing before me, and I was still going to fight for that healing. But now I had something to anchor me. I had a new name. It's not the size of my jeans. It's Brianna. Brianna, the strong bride of Christ. That is the blessing. That is the mission that God has us on. And healing continues. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is the blessing of our new names. This is the blessing of our new names. And I want to ask the question, have you allowed God to name you? We've been going through a lot of scripture, a lot of different stories that addresses the beautiful reality that God longs to name us. Have we done that? Have you allowed God to name you? Because I believe from the very beginning that's what God does. I think there's two ways. I like to give some practical applications to things. So we've seen that the story of God tells us that God names us. But we've also seen that it can be difficult because we take on the patterns of this world, because we take on the mud pies of the names that we give ourselves. So how then do we go about taking on our new names? A couple different ways. Point of application number one is this. It's found in Romans. Maybe it'll come up on the screen. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Point of application number one of how we trade in our mud pies. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We need to be transformed. And how do we receive this transformation but by the renewal of our minds. We live in a loud world, right? We have a loud enemy, and we need to fight to hear the voice of the one who calls us by name. We need to fight to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And this process is actually quite simple, and I'll give you guys just step number one in the process of being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do you want to know what it is? Or maybe what I think it is. I think it's simple repetition. Repeating a phrase over and over and over again. And over and over and over again. This is how we change. Did you know that we can literally change the patterns of our brain through simple repetition? Saying it over and over and over. Rather than saying yes to the voices of this world, rather than saying yes to the patterns of this world that you know, we are conformed to, let us say yes to the names that God gives to us. And let us repeat it. I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. To the point where we're sick of it. <laughs> to the point where we're like, this is kind of boring. But just keep repeating it anyways. Just keep repeating it anyways. Put it on sticky notes. Plaster it everywhere. We're going to be transformed when we renew our minds and take on the blessing of our new names. In this renewal of our minds, there's a practice we can do ourselves, but I think it's even more powerful when we do it in community. Point of application number two. How do we go about taking on our new names? We do it in community because we've been adopted into the family of God and therefore we are a family and therefore we are a community. 
We can minister to one another. We get to do this thing together. So pick a name, any name that God gives us throughout Scripture and say, that's who I am. And then go ahead and tell somebody. Come up and tell me. Tell the person sitting next to you. Tell your brothers, tell your sisters, tell your spouse, and say, this is a name that I want to be defining of my life. And then remind one another. And the cool thing about that, because we've seen that names are a blessing, when we remind people of their names, we get the opportunity to bless them. I'm going to bless you. You are a new creation. There's no greater blessing than something like a name. So we are transformed by the renewing of our minds, and we do this in community. Are you still tracking? Are you still with me? I would love to bring our time to a close. And as I bring our time to a close, I want to highlight a quote from one of my favorite authors that I feel as though he kind of really paints this idea of the struggle that we have of being, trans, of being conformed to the patterns of this world, of saying yes to the mud pies of our name and then taking on the new name that Jesus gives to us. By C.S. Lewis. Any Lewis fans in the house? I know. It would not seem that our Lord finds our desires too, not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling around with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. We are far too easily pleased with the mud pies of the names that we give to ourselves. When the infinite joy of a new name is given to us, oh, that our desires would grow, that our desires would not be too weak, but they would become that which says, God, name me. That our desires would be like, God, I want to change the world through the new name that you give me and the new name, the blessing and the blessing of a mission. Let that be our focus. to have strong desires that change the world. I would love to close our time together with just a couple minutes of quiet reflection. We went through a lot of names, and I want to provide a space for us to reflect on those names. Brothers and sisters, I really do believe that God wants to name us. I really do believe that God has already named us. And so let us create just a little bit of a space, just a little bit of quiet time to think about these names and let the Spirit burn them on our hearts. Uh, oh, Ruthie's here. She's going to play a little jingle, just a little quiet music. We'll take about two minutes uh, of, of reflection. And on the screen, you'll notice a list of names. Just scrolling through, I invite you to meditate on those. It's also in your bulletin. Uh, if you guys picked up a bulletin, there's a list of names that God has blessed us with. So Holy Spirit, come. Would you draw us into intimacy with you? Would we be invited to hear the voice of truth that calls us by name?
Father God, thank you for the blessing of a new name. Thank you that you are a father who loves to give his children the good gifts of the kingdom. Holy Spirit, I would ask that you would cement these truths in our hearts. That we are a new creation. We are holy and blameless. We are the children of God. We are a royal priesthood. These are the names that define us. God, would you give us strength to not be conformed to the patterns of this world? Would you give us the strength and the desire to trade in the mud pies of our false names and take on the blessing of the new name? I thank you for my brothers and sisters who are here with us and for those listening in podcasts. Would you speak tenderly to us, reminding of us of our new names? In this, as a family of God, we all say, Amen. There will be prayer ministers. I'd like to invite the prayer ministers up front. And if you guys have any prayer whatsoever, we invite you to come on up. Thank you, and have a wonderful weekend.